0: All content published by Your Brain on Science is solely the opinions of the authors and does not reflect the opinions of any parties affiliated with them or any additional third parties.
1: Cannabis. Marijuana. Mary Jane. Ganj. Jigsaw. Wacky-tobacky. Sticky-icky. Dope.
0: Grass. Hash. (laughs) Weed. Pot. Reefer. Skunk.
1: Flower. Jolly green. Bong. Broccoli. Cheech. Whatever you want to call it, we're talking cannabis today. Is weed a psychedelic?
0: I Well, to get to the root of that question, I think we have to go over some basic pharmacology first. Cannabis is a plant that contains several active compounds, including THC or tetrahydrocannabidiol, which is the psychoactive component of the plant. Also a very hard word to say. Yeah. <laughs> so from now on, we'll be just saying THC. Um, there's also cannabinoids like cannabidiol, um, and obviously whoever named these was feeling themselves. <laughs> Um, so, THC mainly activates two types of cannabinoid receptors, the CB1 receptor and the CB2 receptor, both of which are G protein coupled receptors. So, the CB1 receptor is found primarily in the brain as well as some peripheral tissues. And the CB2 receptor is found primarily in peripheral tissues, but is also expressed in neuroglial cells. What's a neuroglial cell? So, these are like neurons, but they. Are implicated in different like processes. So um, when you think a distinctive neuronal shape, and um, that's not what glial cells look like, and they're also usually involved in For like, like support, support, and responses, yeah, and things
1: like that. They keep the neurons healthy, yeah, essentially. But so they like interneurons, neuro- yeah. inter- astrocytes, glia are inter- different neuro- types yeah. are different types of uh, like neurons and cells in the brain. Yeah,
0: good, good question. A little yes. background. Um, So THC appears to alter mood and cognition through its agonist actions on the CB1 receptors, which inhibit um, one of the secondary messenger systems. So that's like how we talked about before with psychedelics. Activation of the 2A receptor causes a bunch of downstream effects through other messengers. Mm -hmm. So that's similar here because it's a similar receptor, um, just, you know, different mechanisms. So um, activation of CB1, basically uh, inhibits secondary messengers that cause behavioral outcomes in a dose-dependent manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so through CB1 receptor activation, THC will indirectly increase dopamine release and produce psychotropic effects. So that's like those subjective behavioral effects that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so CBD also acts as an allosteric modulator of the mu and delta opioid receptors meaning that uh, cbd can also cause positive or negative effects at these receptors but it's different than an agonist like thc or an antagonist
1: of that Mm. receptor interesting um so okay so the difference between classical psychedelics or serotonergic psychedelics right so these are the psychedelics that we know and love that we talk about all the time that are active at the 5-HT2A receptor. Um, so these serotonergic psychedelics and CBD or THC, um, the difference in their pharmacology is that these compounds activate dopaminergic systems where psychedelics are again, mainly serotonergic. Um, so there is some overlap with psychedelics and dopamine, but not to an extent that THC alters that system. So I think that's a really good distinction to make when we're talking about their pharmacology.
0: Yeah. Right. And now that we've talked about the pharmacology, I think we should talk about what this kind of means for the actual effects or like the high. Yeah.
1: Right. 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 Um, That's going to be different. Right. Because we've talked about these different neurotransmitter systems mm-hmm. that are. Yeah. OK.
0: The weed high has some similarities with psychedelics. Right. So things like euphoria, Heightened senses at high or and at high doses, some hallucinations or dissociations. Mm. Um, so, interestingly, the hallucinations uh, associated with cannabis are more auditory than visual or somatic, but there still are those aspects as well. Um, when you're comparing it to classic psychedelics, so classic psychedelics, the serotonergics. They typically produce a lot of, like, visual hallucinations and a lot of, um, like, sensory processing changes, whereas um, with cannabis, a lot of it um, is auditory and, like, slightly visual.
1: It's almost like people report uh, tinnitus even, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and that's totally, um, like, a hallucination, right? And and, an auditory hallucination. So interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah. And so high doses of THC um, or, like, prolonged use um, can cause potential increases in psychotic symptoms like paranoia. And interestingly, um, I believe when speaking with Haley, who you had on an episode previously, Mm -hmm. we've talked a lot about how um, cannabis can sometimes mimic psychotic symptoms better than serotonergic psychedelics. Oh, interesting. So that's fun fact. Um, There's also you know, some physical side effects like with every drug. Mm-hmm. recreational or medicinal um so you can get you know dry mouth uh gi upset increased pulse or heart rate changes in blood pressure um so you that's know, like the tachycardia, classic. right yeah so yeah. like at high doses of thc it can cause like a tachycardic heart rhythm mm. um and then like i mentioned with prolonged use uh you can have some other negative uh, effects like you know um I mentioned like increased paranoia, but you can also um, get addiction with weed as well. And it Mm -hmm. can also alter cognition and memory. And uh, it's been noted that there's chronic cough and this interesting thing called cannabinoid hyperemesis
1: syndrome. That's really interesting. So, all right. So we can't talk about weed without talking about CBD, right? So I want to touch on CBD really quick because we know how it's sort of touted as this anxiety, re- like this this compound that is wildly anxiolytic and anxiety relief producing. Um, and there's all of these CBD creams and CBD drinks. And it's honestly become like such a huge part of wellness cu- culture. I mm-hmm. think like any like bespoke wellness shop is going to have like a CBD something or the other. Now I think it's like impossible to go somewhere without seeing that, like even bath and bo- bed. What is it? Bath and Body Works has, <laughs> like, yeah. CBD creams. Um, also,
0: weirdly, like, I've seen it um, at some bars, like, too. Instead of having, like, alcoholic drinks, mm. they have, like, CBD drinks as – Oh, for, like, like the like, non-alcoholic mm-hmm. spirits?
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's honestly an interesting mm-hmm. sort of thought And there. it's, like, you could say a lot, right, yeah. about you're just replacing one with another or – Yeah. Or okay, So, <laughs> so this is – right, so this is what we see every day, right? This is what we see in our culture, whatever – But what does the literature say? So current literature does show that CBD might be useful in decreasing state anxiety, but there's been some really recent studies actually that found that CBD will only work to decrease your anxiety if you already have a very low baseline level of anxiety or don't really suffer from anxiety, where it didn't really cause any changes in people that did have a lot of anxiety. And I want to qualify this with in this study that we got this result, they did only look at CBD alone. Uh, No, excuse me. They only looked at THC alone or CBD and THC together. Um, So I think they were trying to mitigate the THC associated uh, anxiety because when, you know, when you have that onset of those somatic symptoms Mm -hmm. and quote unquote, the high, a lot of people get anxious. And that's something we see um, with psychedelics a lot too, yeah, right? Exactly. That acute uh, sort of stress phase that you have in the beginning. Um, so those, you know, the, that those results are interesting. Um, but there's also a lot, been a lot of studies looking at the effect of expectancy. Um, so going back to that placebo effect that Elena and I talk about so much. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. so people are like expecting the cbd to have an effect and this seemed to reliably predict um, if if or to be correlated with the amount of anxiety reduction so again a, a clear sort of placebo effect which to me is very interesting and obviously very contradictory to the claims that it's effective for everyone and for everyone that's anxious there are so many qualifiers to that statement so you know take it as you will but again the placebo effect is also very real and if it works for you it works for you you know right yeah we I mean we see the placebo effect all the time
0: we've we've talked about it extensively in our microdosing episodes like yeah um so it's just interesting to to remind ourselves that this isn't a psychedelics problem mm-hmm. right this is a problem that um is also relevant to the cannabis industry yeah you know so yeah and I think it's interesting like Especially with the creams, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, <laughs> is that a lot of these creams like have menthol in them, which is known to be like a which is the, which agent. is what pro- yeah, and
1: it produces that like that cooling, that cooling tingly feeling that people associate with like something working, yeah. right?
0: So are they associating the CBD creams like working for their muscles like icy hot wood, right, or is it something
1: yeah. better? Yeah. You know? Or like my like lip plumping lip glosses that all they have (laughs) is, you know, like menthol in them. So your lips feel tingly and cold and you're like, oh my God, my lips are huge right now, but they're not. So, (laughs) but yeah. Okay. Anyway, so um, now I also want to talk a little bit about something that comes up a lot in psychedelics uh, and it's the phrase plant medicine, right? It has a lot of historical and cultural significance. Not every psychedelic that we talk about is plant medicine, and some psychedelics aren't even plants, like LSD, definitely not a plant. Psilocybin, not a plant. Definitely not it's a, a plant. Mm-hmm. So, this concept really comes rooted in indigenous cultures. Native to Central or South Asia, the cannabis plant actually has been used as a drug for both recreational and entheogenic purposes and in various traditional medicines for like literally centuries. Um, the earliest known reports regarding the sacred status of cannabis in the Indian subcontinent um, come from the Arthaveda, estimated to have been composed sometime around 1400 BCE. Uh, the, Hindu, the, the Hindu god Shiva is described as a cannabis user, uh, known as the Lord of Pong. So, while not a psychedelic, cannabis is one of the OG uh, plant medicines.
0: And I do want to just put in a note here. Um, We mentioned, you know, like psilocybin is technically a fungus, but um, psilocybin is also used medicinally in several cultures mm-hmm. and ceremoniously religiously um, religiously so we're not discounting
1: that it was used in that way yeah just talking about the phrase plant medicine yeah. you know very specifically to talk about plants but uh, psilocybin has such 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 cultural. a deep cultural spiritual religious significance to so so many indigenous cultures um so absolutely right like mm-hmm. that's probably one of the foremost drugs that we'll talk about with all that
0: yeah yeah Um, Okay, so what about the one thing we all think of when we talk THC, Mm. right? Um, And so this wasn't, I didn't mention this side effect earlier because I knew we were getting to it now, but um, think about your classic cartoons, uh, your faves, Shaggy and Scoob. Why do we get the munchies, I
1: mean? (laughs) I love Scooby Doo, raw raggy <laughs> Okay, so yes, one of the most no- well-known phenomena, right after the in the administration, the ingesting of cannabis, the smoking, the smoking of the sticky icky, is the munchies. Um, and really, this is referring to the increase in appetite that a lot of people seem to experience after having smoked, uh, you know, weed. This aspect of the experience is, I think. Very unique to cannabis because you don't see this with psychedelics, um, especially you don't see this with stimulants, which actually suppress your appetite. Right. So, mm-hmm. in the case of individuals with chronic pain or side effects from certain treatments like radiation, um, this property of cannabis actually makes it so they're more e- easily able to eat. Maybe they're less nauseous, and it's been it's been very very helpful. Um, so interestingly, the
0: first time I ever learned about cannabis for, you know, uh, cancer like related, like hunger issues Mm -hmm. was actually from Degrassi. Whoa.
1: Um,
0: so I don't know if there's any- I was not a
1: Degrassi girl.
0: Degrassi fans out there, but, um, so there's an episode where one of the characters, Spinner, I think has cancer and ends up, um, like smoking and it's like this whole plot point. But Mm. anyways, uh, so- Fascinatingly, ability of cannabis to increase food intake has actually led to the development of uh, which is a treatment for cancer-related anorexia. So we see that in pop culture, and it's actually
1: a real thing. Isn't that just incredible? I think that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly... There is a very well-characterized neural mechanism for the cannabis-induced increase in food intake. See, I totally fell down the rabbit hole. I thought this was so interesting because the munchies is something that is so used in pop culture, even sometimes as a proxy to actually, you know, like the smoking of the weed and like a lot of TV shows. So I thought this was like such a big thing and to have it characterized, I think is is so cool. So let's talk about it. Um, so Elena just told us that the CB1 receptor, the cannabinoid one receptor, the CB1 receptor um, is critical in regulating food in- intake. So cannabinoids bind to these CB one receptors, and it's found that um, these receptors are on nerve terminals, so the ends of neurons that make those synaptic connections uh, to other neurons. And we're, we want to talk about a specific population of cells, and they're called POMC neurons. At least I think that's how the abbreviation is. Um, but these that's are what right, yeah, POMC neurons. POMC. Um, these are hypothalamic pro-opiomelanocortin cortin neurons. You'll never hence, hear me say that again. The abbreviation. POMC neurons. Um, and activation of these neurons here actually promotes satiety, which satiety is the feeling of fullness. So wanting to not eat or wanting to stop eating if you're currently eating. Um, so again, activation of these neurons would cause a slow onset of the inhibition of feeding. So you would be stopping that process. So not only are these cannabinoid receptors found on these POMC neurons, um, which I know these neurons stop food intake. So, right, so you might be thinking, okay, so if cannabis is cannabinoids are binding to these receptors, which are on these inhibitory neurons, how are we getting the munchies? Um, but these CB1 receptors are also found on organelles called the mitochondria in these POMC neurons themselves powerhouse of the cells. <laughs> yes yes the powerhouse of the cells. um so binding here actually stimulates the specific release of an orexigenic which is an appetite stimulating neuropeptide from these POMC c neurons um while somehow avoiding the release of another hormone um which is the appetite suppressing peptide found in these same neurons which is actually responsible for that major action that we know of those POMC neurons that are inhibiting neurons. So isn't that so interesting that cannabinoids actually like totally hijack this appetite inhibitory anorexic uh, circuit and it makes it more appetite stimulatory. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of crazy. I think that it indicates that this circuit is much more uh, complex than we previously thought. And there's a lot more room to, sort of understand things here but i think so cool that we know this much about about this one like thing that happens after
0: yeah it is pretty cool and i think too like there's been some work studying you know the effects of thc or cbd on just like metabolism in general so that kind of all plays in to the alteration of um that kind of whole system Mm -hmm. right so it's truly fascinating So there seems to be benefits to using cannabis, but as we know, there's two sides of every coin. Mm -hmm. So do we know of any clear major downsides?
1: Yeah. So, well, we talked about those like acute effects, right? You talked about some people characterize um, the onset of that drug to be an acute, maybe toxic effect, right? Such as decreased short-term memory, impaired perception, and motor skills while you're under the acute experience of this drug. And cannabis actually might also exacerbate any pre-existing maybe psychosis symptoms um, that an individual may have had. But also, of course, we know that in a lot of people, um, it also induces a lot of anxiety.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know... It's also important to note whenever we talk about cannabis that um, a lot of people don't think that they can like get addicted to cannabis.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: that's just also something I like I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but um, I just think it's important that, you know, obviously not everyone who uses every drug recreationally gets addicted to drugs. It's a spectrum of use. So uh, I think it's just being mindful that you know, your drug use, depending on your drug of choice, doesn't make you better than a different drug mm-hmm, user. Mm-hmm. So just want to throw that out there because I see that a lot with psychedelics and with like cannabis use. Yeah, for sure. Um. So sorry, that's my little disclaimer. <laughs> but also back uh, in terms, you know, of the brain, uh, we see some mixed results with Um, you know, THC exposure across like life, right? So we have like some imaging studies that find that, you know, THC exposure in adolescents can lead to volumetric differences in brain regions. But a lot of the studies find that there's actually no significant differences in the brain after THC exposure. And there's a lot of um, studies also reporting cognitive impairment But it's also highly dependent on the individual's age, when they consumed, what they consumed, etc. So I think it's really important to note that a lot of these studies are mixed as of right now. And in the research on um, cannabis right now has kind of shifted its focus from THC more to, you know, like CBD and like the, the understanding the receptors more so than the actual like THC
1: exposure. I think there's still a lot of work being done, but I definitely agree that there's a lot more emphasis placed on other things now as well, too, to get a more comprehensive view. So I think the results might start to become clearer, um, you know, but regardless, I think this tells us that the responsible uh, use of any such sub- substance is, you know, required, be educated, mm-hmm. understand the risks, understand that there might not be everything known about this drug um, or that people, you know, the data is, is a little bit split. Yeah. So, yeah. I I
0: also want to bring up, you know, cause we're talking about, you know, part of this episode is comparing, you know, cannabis to psychedelics. And I think like a large part of the comparison, we could actually go to talk about, just briefly, synthetic cannabinoids. Mm, yeah. And things like um like K2 back in the day. Like spice. Like spice. Yeah. I feel like I think like a lot of the effects of those based on reports of users, right, seem more honestly crazy psychedelic, dissociative mm. like effects more so than just, you know, normal THC. But yeah. you know, higher concentrations of THC will produce more hallucination like Um, effects so there is the similarities but there's also just the basic pharmacological differences that Mm -hmm. are important to
1: think about yeah agreed um okay so you know we wanted to keep this short and sweet so people could go out and enjoy their 420s as they're meant to be enjoyed um so do we have any closing thoughts here um i think you know just do what you're gonna do and
0: be safe and uh
1: happy 420. Yeah, 100% agreed. I think, um, of course, be educated, you know, try to understand as much as you can about whatever you're engaging in, because knowledge is power. I hate to be, I hate to say, like, be that person. Um, (laughs) But like, knowledge is power, you know, I think the more educated you are on something, the better. Be safe, have fun. And thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Your Brain on Science. Um, please remember to subscribe to our podcast and, Elena,
0: consider our brand new Patreon account. Um, so on there, we're going to have a bunch of fun, different tiers and different content. And yeah, you can find us at patreon.com slash science. Also, we're going to have a poll on this episode about whether or not you think cannabis is considered a psychedelic. <laughs>